Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition. Thanks everybody who's been listening to the podcast lately, I still really appreciate it, and still stunned that you guys like hearing my nonsense about anime. This episode, I want to talk about something that I I know I talked about before, <laughs> and that is continuing a series... Um, specifically, like, bringing an old, but this time I want to talk about specifically bringing an old franchise, um, into the, kind of, into the current age, and the reason why I want to talk about that is because last time I'm pretty sure I talked about it around, um, Naruto into Boruto, and... My big problem with my big problem with Naruto and Boruto then, as is from what I remember then, it's still the problem now, and that is, they didn't. To this day, the most popular parts of Boruto are still the parts in which they are using the built up. story world of Naruto and it leak it like leaks forward into Boruto. So that's that's kind of what they're that's that's what they're trying to that's what they've found it the most successful. I mean I literally just saw a news story I think yesterday um that said, you know new New promo for Boruto sets up Sakura for the finale of the of the current arc they're on, and I'm just like, why, why isn't it a new character? <laughs> why are we going back to Sakura? Why is it necessary? I mean, it and the the issue there, the issue there, stems from the. The amount of Boruto there is isn't anywhere close to the amount of Naruto there is. And that means that you have so much interesting stuff you can do with the older characters in that show that you just can't get to as easily as the um, newer characters in that in the Naruto universe, and also the fans have more of a relationship and more are more invested with the old with the older characters. So you, most Naruto fans, if they're watching Boruto at all, are watching for the Naruto characters, and it's It it creates this problem of they can't move away from those characters too much, or else they're just screwed. Um, I think, I think the last major arc in Boruto was a time with a time travel arc where Boruto just time traveled back to the past and like saw old Naruto episodes play out in front of him, and that's very strange. 
Um, and an admission that that show doesn't have a whole lot going for it in a way that, like, is stunning. But what I want to talk about now, the show I want to, the two shows I want to, the two things I want to focus on now are first, um, Yashihime, um, the half-demon princesses, um, that's premiering right now, and a show I want to talk about, and to show the kind of, didn't in, so that's the show that kind of inspired me to do that, and a show I want to focus on less, actually a movie I want to focus on less is Eureka Seven High Evolution, which was the um thing I watched on movie night and then subsequently talked about in my Thursday show. And if you haven't listened to that Thursday show, um, anyway, he's not focusing enough on this for me. Definitely go listen to that Thursday show. It's the previous one in the feed. But I so whereas Boruto had the issue of not focusing on its own care on the main character on the main character because you don't care about the main character. The long and short of it is that um Elrecat Seven Eureka 7, um, High Evolution does what you kind of want to do in continuing, in, like, bringing the series into the modern day, which is it tries to shift the focus to a different character, but the... My beef with that, you can go with... You can go hear me rant about only love will stop the killing (laughs) in, um in that episode, but that show isn't true to the, that that film isn't true to the spirit of the show, it just doesn't do it well, which is a shame because the, the previous film they did for Eureka 7 was totally cool and totally doable, and and totally, it was like a weird, what if scenario and we know how much I like what if scenarios. Um but the then we get to Yashihime and Yashihime is I think really interesting. I was reminded by Lauren, my friend and now co host who I now co host a podcast with over on the Uncanny Curve podcast. This is that my plug for that if you like X Men go seek that out on whatever you're using to listen to this right now. We're funny as shit, I promise. There's two episodes out now. Um, but I was reminded by her that hey, wasn't Inuyasha bad ultimately? And I was like, um you're not wrong. And she's probably not wrong about Yashi about Yashihime. Like Yashihime may turn out to be obnoxious and never end and slightly bad, but I'm encouraged for two reasons. First off, Yashihime is explicitly not about Inuyasha and not about Kagome and not about the cast of Inuyasha. It is... It has... 
brought that show into the future. It brought that un. It has progressed time in that universe, and it does it in a really interesting way. It 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 immediately establishes that these are the children of characters you're familiar with by basically making the first episode a, a OVA for Inuyasha. Like, Inuyasha and Kagome are... Married isn't the word... Inuyasha and Kagome are married, basically. is the fucking word. And they... You get one more episode to spend with the cast of Inuyasha as they are. And then you, and then from the second episode on, you meet the main cast, you meet the main cast of that show, who are, and the main cast of that show is actually, um, Seshomaru's kid, who, one of Seshomaru's kids, which is like concerning that he had children, who, one of whom, who gets separated and time warped into modern day Japan and has grown up in modern day Japan, but with like quarter demon powers or whatever. And then gets thrown back into feudal Japan um, and is like, and is then dealing with all that stuff. And the interesting thing about the, about this about this show is that where High Evolution didn't stay true to the spirit of the show, um, to the spirit of Elreka Seven, Yashahime Yashahime becomes this experiment in mass-produced art, basically, which is really cool, because if you've never seen in Yasha, A, should at least expose yourself to one episode of that thing, it is, it is like, it is not Ram, Ramiko, Rumiko Takahashi's best work, I don't, I just don't think it is, but it is a distillation of everything about Rumiko Takahashi that about about everything about Rumiko Takahashi's work that people that A people like and also that B people don't like. It it has a abusive relationship where it's like two assholes it has two assholes in love. It has Interesting, interesting and likable side, like an interesting and likable side character that function like that are functionally like a family. It has like this cast of that the cavalcade of weirdos and idiots. It has this. It, 
It's hard for me to explain Rumiko Takahashi without saying, so it's like Ranma one half. Because that's essentially what every Rumiko Takahashi is best explained like. Show is best explained like, basically. And that's a very specific feel that that has vanished from anime largely. I mean, this, her her influence is felt on a lot of things because in the eighties and nineties, in up until the early aughts. There's always been a super popular Rumiko Takahashi thing. So up until fairly recently, considering, there's always been a popular, like, two assholes in love Rumiko Takahashi rom-com floating around. And... On top of that... Inuyasha had a very... But the thing that's also true about Rumiko Takahashi stuff is... It also has a, it has a very specific look, feel, and sound. And... Something we often forget about anime is that... So, something that we often forget about anime and... The production committees that make anime feel forced to ignore sometimes because fandoms of shows because they want to strike why the iron's hot of of a pop with a popular show and give fans more more of it they tend to forget that there are people who are trained in who are so trained in the craft that they can reproduce the kind of the kind of bottled magic that of anime is difficult to re of specific anime series and seasons is really difficult to reproduce, but it, there are people who are totally capable of it. Um, a perfect example of this going bad on a franchise is. One Punch Man season two. That that show's first season was made by Madhouse, and they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't work out the timetables with Madhouse to get it done. So they went to a different studio, and the result is a just a less all round. In terms of quality, second season of that show, aka Genos's arms of from season two of One Punch Man will haunt your dreams, um, and it just when you watch when you've seen season one of One Punch Man and you watch season two, it just feels disappointing, <laughs> like. You, you feel disappointed that it exists um, in the way that it does. And I was stunned, and I, and 
after I saw that, it became this, it creates this criteria in my head of if I'm going to watch something that, and, and Boruto is also an example of this in the, sa- in the same way, but in also, like I said, different ways, um, is if you're going to take the time to reboot an old series, if you're going to take time to bring it back, Are you going to, um, are you going to be able to replicate the kind of, are you going to be able to rebottle the magic? And what I mean by that is, are you going to be able to hit the notes of, like, character design, um, world design, um, um character design world design um music sound that makes this show have the same feel even if it's a telling a diff a totally different story that the original property did. And Yashahime knock that out of the park. Like I said, I'm not I'm not sure that it hasn't also unfortunately necessarily replicated the problems with Inuyasha, but it like if you've seen Inuyasha you probably remember one of the things you probably remember is their ending themes to that show. And their ending themes to that show so the ending scene to the Inuyasha show that I love that has Kagome essentially riding through Tokyo in the in the snow on um on a monorail on the, on their above ground monorail and it's it's kind of hauntingly beautiful, completely unnecessary but hauntingly beautiful ending animation set to this, like, great, chill, like, techno beat that just, like, it sits with you, and it's this, in the same way that one, Pete, that the, um, the scene where, in One Piece Strong World, where they all show up in gangster uniforms, is this acknowledgement of like fan culture and fan and fan edit and like fan art moment in that in that movie which is very interesting to me um the that ending i think it's like ending 2 of inuyasha is this like and they did this a lot with Inuyasha. It's it's this, it's this filling in the gaps for that show, of oh, you you get the sense that it, when we don't, when we're not seeing Kagome when she's just like, living a normal life in Tokyo in, her current time period, and she like, 
has to go to the library for something. <laughs> this is a scene that happened where she was like having a like ponderous moment on the train on her way home. Um, and it it helps fill in the slice of life gaps of that show that they just because of that show's like spending so much time in in ancient Japan, they don't have an opportunity to always, and that and you you got the same kind of feel of that of that ending theme song from the first episode of Yashihime. Like you were seeing so much of the connective tissue of that of the Inuyasha universe that it's it it's just kind of fun to watch they they have a fight with a with a big bad evil demon but it, it's not it's not it, that doesn't feel like the important part of the episode like that's over very that's over fairly quickly and they and you just kind of spend time with the characters in an everyday scenario. And then you really quickly move on to the three prince, the three princesses. And then they played the ending theme. And the ending theme for Yashihime is so much like, has so much of the same qualities as the ending theme to... Um, what's it called? To the to to the second ending scene to Inuyasha that I was like I found myself stunned. And another show that does this interestingly well is, um, Burn the Witch, which was very clearly being set up for to be um, Taikubu's like, new breakaway, we're gonna do this for a bunch of chapter thing, but I guess it just didn't, either he didn't want to continue it, or, um, it didn't catch on the way anybody wanted, and that is, and that, and that has caused it to basically be a four-chapter interesting thought experiment of, like, what if we had a different section of the Soul Society that was the Western end of the Soul Society universe that's all about dragons. And they, but they, in the, but it was popular enough to get its own OVA, or he has enough legacy name for them to just feel like this. So we have to produce this as an anime at some point, right? And that also has, and this, a lot of this is because of um, a lot of both of these, both Yashihime and Burn the Witches, um, su- success is based on the fact that this Dalcher is a huge thing, and also the art style of both Rumiko Takahashi and Taikowu is so... It's so strong, and it is from, it's from a time before... Anime had this like homogenous 
stampable style that, I mean, if you see a Rumiko Takahashi character, they're, like, it's got this flair that, it's got this, like, 1980s, 1980s to mid-1990s anime style flair that you, you you totally recognize. And Taikobu had this, has a very, has a, like, 90s to, like, early, to, like, early aughts flair that you also recognize. Um, and by and by being able to reproduce those styles so flawlessly that's like half the battle part of the a big part of the reason boruto feels so strange is because kishimoto's design sense was so well realized in terms of characters and world, that it feels super strange to see someone reinterpret that as this, like, with a new coat of paint that doesn't quite fit. You, if you look at, if you look at Boruto's outfit next to Naruto's outfit in that show, not necessarily in the manga, the manga feels more... Kishimoto-esque, so I'd say. But, um, if you look at that, um, if you look at those outfits next to each other, one feels like Boruto's current outfit and Naruto's, like, orange jumpsuit situation from Shippuden feel very... Boruto's feels much flashier. It feels much, feels much more merchandisable than Naruto's did when you first saw it. And Yashihime, Yashihime, they take all the like very, they take all the very aggressive style cues from all the original cast, and they like, just they they turn the dial almost in a way, in creating new characters. Like, one of Shishomaru's kids has the big fur boa wrapped around one of her shoulders. One of, um... The Shishomaru's other kid is, like, decked out in, like, fancy white. Um... Inyasha and Kagome's kid is a blessed fucking moron who's, like... See this fancy sword. If I stab it, if it'll solve. If I stab it with my fancy sword, it'll solve the problem. But she has like. She has like her mother's hair, and like her father's. You're led to believe sword, but her father's. And but like wears clothes of her father and has, the like snaggletooth her father. From, inherited from her father and carry the bow and arrow and a katana and it 
like I was talking about with the One Piece um, Strong World movie, this has... This has a feel like it feels like fan art of the of the cast of the main cast of Inuyasha children as that you'd find on like Pinterest, but it with way higher production value and with a much more thought out um with much more thought out and careful interpretation of it. Like you can, you can imagine a bunch the production team really caring about the character design here because that's gonna be that's gonna be a big fight because they they and that's also part of the reason why they give you the like first episode of Yashihime is basically the last episode of. Idiasha, and that means that that show, that that gives that that connects the two shows, and that makes it so when they introduce what is clearly Kagome and Idiasha's kid, you don't need to have like an explanation there immediately. It may come up at some point, but you just see it. And you're like, oh, that's. That's Kagome and Inuyasha's kid. That little ball of nightmares and ask questions never, stab first, ask questions never. I think is how I explained her to Lauren. It's just that's who that is. But the show has enough intelligence not to to introduce the kid, the the character as the character and not as an extension of. The characters you know and love. And it has enough... It assumes enough intelligence on part on part of the viewer to do that as well. And that's... It, thinking about continuing a franchise... And about Boruto, which I'm almost fucking positive was the show I talked about last time I talked about this on Sunday Edition... Boruto didn't have that confidence. It it has to it it does the thing where like you meet the character and then immediately you meet their parents. You you immediately meet their parents and that's how you contextualize that character. The Boruto characters are not defined by themselves. They're de- they're all defined by their parents. The Yashihime characters are defined by their um are defined by their by by themselves are defined by themselves and by their own actions. And the thing about Yashihime if you could watch Yashi, if you watch Yashihime and you watch it from episode two on, and you never saw episode one, you don't necessarily, from what I've seen, need to have seen Inuyasha. It would be nice, it would add a ton to the experience, but if you were watching. Yashihime in that way 
you wouldn't need to know. You just wouldn't need to know. You could probably even watch it from episode one. Uh, they explain... Episode one has a lot more, like, just info dump necessarily to create the, t- the connective tissue, but it doesn't... Like, you don't have need to have seen all of Inuyasha to watch and enjoy Yashihime, and that's really how you should continue with series. Because... All of these, and the trap that um, Eureka 7 fell into is that it it saw the opportunity to be, it, it totally rightly, to be fair, it saw the opportunity to be in the, like, Gundam, to, to get itself into the Gundam game, which is, it saw the opportunity to create a franchise that has a lot of branching paths that has one central like one central branch and a lot of other like child branches that make it a franchise that you that you sell off of for decades and I talked about um zoids zoids when I um talked about like aging out of a franchise. Zoids did that that way because the amount of work it takes to do what Gundam does is massive. And but it's also and that's because it's and it's not like just a massive amount of production and stuff. That's always true, but it's Massive in the amount of care it needs to take to guide itself in a way where it doesn't immediately betray itself constantly. And that's what happened. That's what happened in the case of High Evolution is they didn't do that work. And it it fucking shows. And in Yashihime... They very clearly did do that work. And this is the first step of any that Inuyasha is taking into being a serious contender of like this is a big sprawling world where you can watch where you can go watch Inuyasha and then you can watch Yashihime and then you could possibly watch whatever happens next. But the thing is, is I have a lot more confidence that Yashihime could do a sequel series to a second sequel series to Inyasha and Yashihime at the same time and you would and it would work because they because they started so strong out of Yashihime and I want to be clear I'm not saying Yashihime is good I'm saying because it's three episodes in you don't fucking know um, actually, you do, and it looks like it's gonna be more any. It looks like it's gonna be more Inuyasha shenanigans. But it's not. It hasn't betrayed its original, Inuyasha original like stated concepts, which is really important, but also really impressive because it that's an easy thing to do, to do bad at. <laughs> 
And on that note, um, I'm, this is where I'm going to kind of end it. But this is, this is, my name is Alex. And if you like this podcast, you can um, subscribe to the, you can subscribe to it in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. Um, I release episodes every third day, every third day and Sunday. Um, with some bonus episodes tossed in wherever, um, based on manga I'm reading. If you haven't list, if you've been listening and you haven't listened to the manga minute on FKEN, that's um before this episode in the feed. You can go find it right now. That was a fu- that's a fun experiment. That I, at some point I'll have courage enough to attempt again. Um, but. I have been Alex, you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition, and until Thursday, I will talk to you then.